We thank you for encouraging words. We thank you for your cards, your letters, your gifts, and for your financial support. Oh, we thank you for your financial support. Without you, we could not be. So thank you. So I've been having fun. I've been having a great time in these uh, studies, teachings, talks on righteousness. You know, it goes back to um, Hebrews, not Hebrews, um, Isaiah. And I'm going to get Isaiah real quick for you because this is an important verse. You know, when we talk about Isaiah, we all know Isaiah 53 and verse 5, where it says, he was, he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, wait. Uh, uh, the verse that says, by his stripes, we are healed. All right? We all know, we all know that verse. I'm going to look at that verse first. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by, our, by his stripes, we are healed. Now, that's really important. It's a really important verse, and we always quote it. But it's always important to keep verses in their context. Context is so vitally important. And we're trying something new this morning. I am broadcasting from a computer instead of my, uh, my iPhone. So, Lori, how's the picture? It's very fuzzy. Very fuzzy. Okay, but as long as they can hear me. We're going we're gonna to work on the. We're going to work on the trans, trans, uh, transition, or uh, I forget what the word is called. But anyway, you can hear me, and that's what's most important. Maybe it's better that you don't see me. <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. Listen, if you're not having fun as a Christian, you're doing something wrong. And my wife, she'll be with me tomorrow. But look, I, I went to bed last night, and I, I, un, un, I lifted up the covers, and there was this on my pillow. I love you. I don't, oh, Lord has blessed me. Such a wonderful wife. Uh, but getting back to Isaiah, it's so important to know context. This, this being bruised, right? This being wounded, bearing our griefs, carrying our sorrows, you know, chastisement for our peace was upon him, right? By his stripes, we are healed. But you have to understand what, causes all that to come into being into our lives. Okay, what causes my sorrows to be lifted? What causes the chastisement to have already been taken place where I don't ever have to fear the judgment of God? That I, have, I don't have to be bruised, that I don't have to be crushed, that I don't have to be judged. What causes that? Well, that's why it's so important to go to verse 10, keeping it in context. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Think about that phrase, the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand, the hand of the Lord. He's being bruised. He's being battered. He's being bloodied. He's being pummeled. He's receiving the stripes. 
the nails, you know, the spikes, the spear in his side on the cross, bleeding, bloodied, completely naked, being made fun at, being spit upon. It's pleasing the Lord to bruise him, to put him on grief. Why? The pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Because he knows by this sacrifice, by this sacrifice, by this offering, we, we will be perfected and sanctified forever once we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So verse 11 says this, he's going to see the travail of his soul. He's going to see what his son is going through. What his son willingly and lovingly took upon himself. We talked about on Friday, one of the, the, the fruit of the character of Christ, the fruit of righteousness, you know, um, was joy. Joy, a delightful calm. And it was joy, delightful calm, that allowed Jesus to endure the cross. Why? This tells us why. He shall see the travail of his soul. The father sees the travail of the son's soul. And the son has calm delight. Do you, do you understand this? The father is looking at the travail of his son, what his son is going through. And he's pleased. And the son has calm delight because he's looking at us, knowing he's satisfying and fulfilling the will of the father. So it says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And by his knowledge, this is why he's satisfied. This is why he's satisfied. His righteous servant, Jesus, will, will justify the many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So it's saying the Father is pl pleased. The Father is satisfied. Think about all this Father is, is, is watching ha taking place as his son is going through what his son is going through. And it's, 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 it's using... Um, um, Verbiage, pleased, satisfied. Why? Jesus, the joy set before him, calm delight. Why? Because it means our righteousness. That's what it means, our righteousness. And our righteousness takes away the bruising. Our righteousness takes away the chastisement. Our righteousness takes away the sickness and the disease. Our righteousness takes away the sin. Our righteousness brings restored and renewed relationship with the Father. Our righteousness makes us one with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our righteousness causes us to be qualified, to qualify for this great inheritance that's ours, the inheritance, the same inheritance that Jesus has inherited. And he's inherited, inherited the world because we're not only heirs with Jesus, we're joint heirs with Jesus. 
This is all because of righteousness. Everything is because of righteousness. That's why Romans chapter 4 and verse 25 to Romans chapter 5 verse 1, do you understand we put these, these, these Bibles in, in chapter and verse sequence so we can easily find portions of Scripture. But this was one letter. So in this letter, Paul is saying, Jesus was delivered for our transgressions. And as he was doing that, he was being chastised. He was being broken. He was bearing our griefs. He was receiving the stripes. And as he was going through that travail, the father was pleased. The father was satisfied. Why? Because on the third day, Christ was risen from the grave and we were risen with him in righteousness, in righteousness and true holiness. That's what Romans chapter four, verse 25 says. And then in Romans chapter five, verse one, it says, therefore, therefore being made righteous, therefore being justified, we have peace with God. Peace with God. What does peace with God mean? That means no more bruising, no more griefs, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more disease. We have peace with God through faith with Jesus Christ. This is the power of righteousness. This is the power of righteousness. And at born again, this is what takes place. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. And 20, 23, first, verse 23, 24. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And as you're renewed in the spirit of your, your mind, you're able to dress yourself because now you're thinking right. You're thinking soberly. You're thinking clearly. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, right? Put on the new man, which after Christ has been created in true righteousness and true holiness. So Paul is saying this is taking place. This takes place, our dressing, our dressing of the new man, new creation, right? New creation realities, resurrection life, resurrection living. Paul is saying this takes place by our understanding, our, our intimate knowledge, our knowing, right? Righteousness, holiness, righteousness, holiness. Whenever Paul speaks about fighting the good fight of faith, examining to see if you're strong in the faith, examining this, you know, to see if you're living in the faith, he's talking about examine yourself and see if you're living in your righteousness. Examine yourself and see if you're wearing your new clothing, true holiness and true righteousness, just like Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. The fruits of righteousness. And you think about, we talked about it right from the very beginning where, where God said, he said, let us. So, so here's the father. He's with the Son, he's with the Holy Spirit, you know. And he's saying, let us make man in our own image. Now we know what that image is. True righteousness and true holiness. We know what that image is. The, the Bible always clarifies. The, all, the Bible always, always gives, um, what's the word, definition. There's no guesswork. What's, what's, what's my image? What's my image? What's God's image? Righteousness, righteousness, true holiness. Now that, see, even from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us create man in our own image. 
right? Are you following this? Mm -hmm. What's his image? The Bible gives definition to what the image of, of that image is. You can find it in Ephesians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 4, and then in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Let us, let us make man in our own image. Let us make man truly holy and righteous. There you go. Now, because the Father made us in his own image, in the image of God, in their own image, we were righteous and holy. Semicolon. Now, because of that, let them have dominion. Because of that, they can have dominion. Why? Because they're in my image and my likeness. Why? Because they're holy and righteous. Oh, so holy and righteousness, righteousness gives us dominion. Yes. Yes. How many messages do you hear outside of my messages do you hear on righteousness? You're going to hear it on faith. You're going to hear it on belief. You're going to hear it on, on doubt, you know. But Paul's key was righteousness. Now you think about Paul. And this is just a recap as we go on Tuesday, Wednesday, no, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You think about this is why Paul says you have to see now when you understand this. Oh, and before that, think about in the next chapter in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, where it says God breathes into the nostrils of man. See, he puts this life into him, right? That's a beautiful picture of being face to face with God. Face to face with God. This is what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. One with God, one with God, one with God. And again, what makes us one with God? Holiness and righteousness. He's breathing into our lives, holiness and righteousness. So now, this is why you understand, you know, you go into Romans and you, and you can understand what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying. In, in, in like Romans chapter 10, he's talking about his fellow Jewish brothers. He actually states, and I don't know that I can go this far. No, I can't go this far. That I would be dead and go to Sheol, you know, the abyss, if my brothers could get a hold of this truth. I don't know if I would say I'd be willing to go to hell if each and every one of you would grab hold of this fact and the truths of righteousness and what righteousness means and affords us. In our, I don't think I could do that. But he's talking about himself and his fellow Jewish believers, how they were zealous for righteousness. They were zealous for righteousness. Did you ever wonder why they were zealous for righteousness? Because under the law, are you listening to this? It was a do-it-yourself system mm -hmm. under the law. And Deuteronomy chapter 28, in fact, we're going to go there real quick. And I, I didn't plan any of this. I believe this is right from, from the Holy Spirit so we can understand. Paul knew this. And it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, 
then the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you hearken unto the voice of the God of God. Now we know about all the blessings. Blessed coming in, blessed coming out, blessed are the fruit of your womb, blessed are your storehouses, blessed are your barns, blessed are your kneading bowls, your your uh, your your pantries, your food pantries. I will I will put none of these diseases on you. None of these diseases would, will come upon you. The head and not the tail, right? Above only. Now, why were they zealous for righteousness? Why were they so zealous for righteousness? This is why, because they knew. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee today, to the right or to the left, to go, other, to go after other gods to serve them, because of verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his righteousness or, and his statutes, which I commanded this day, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city. You will be cursed in your fields. You will be cursed with your basket and thy storehouse. You will be cursed the fruit of your body, the fruit of your land the increase of your kind, and the flocks of your sheep. Cursed you will be coming in. Cursed you will be leaving, coming out. And it goes on. It talks about pestilence, and it talks about diseases. It talks about being smite with consumption. It talks about fever, inflammation. You know what inflammation is, Lori? Arthritis. Inflammation. Extreme burning. Wow. <coughs> you will face the sword. Mildew. Blasting. Wow. Anyway, you get the point, right? This is why there was zealous for righteousness. Do you understand these are the things we're trying to get victory over? Are you seeing it now? What gives us the victory over those, those curses? <clears throat> Righteousness. This is why in, in, in Galatia, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 4, he says, Jesus Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. You're righteous now. What does that mean? You live in... In, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, <coughs> verses 1 through 14, <coughs> period. I'm getting excited. Yes. This is why the Apostle Paul starts, what's the, the book of books, the, the epistle of the epistles? The, the letter of all letters of Paul's writings, you know? His Magna Carta. Magna, Magna Carta? Yeah. Like the Declaration of Independence. <coughs> Romans. And how does he start Romans out? 
I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The power of God unto salvation. Salvation, soteria, sozo. What is that? Deuteronomy chapter 28. Do you understand? If you want to know what sozo and soteria means, Laurie, go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And sozo and soteria means, this is powerful. Sozo and soteria means blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in the fields, blessed the fruit of your womb, blessed your kneading bowls, blessed your, your pantry, blessed coming in and blessed going out. Your enemies come at you one way, they flee seven ways. No sickness is upon you. No disease is upon you. Your bank accounts are full. Your bank accounts are, are experiencing increase. Blessed, blessed, blessed. So this is what, this is what, okay, let me make it simple for you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to get us every blessing in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You see, because before Jesus Christ, I tried to become as righteous as I could with my own doing, by following the law, but I could never become righteous. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the law of Moses. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, how powerful is it? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God. Unto Deuteronomy chapter 28, blessings. For there... The gospel of Jesus Christ lies the righteousness of God. Which gets you all the promises of Deuteronomy chapter 28. To all who believe. To the Gentile, to the Jew. For just as it is written. The just, the righteous, 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 blessed of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessings, blessings, bless, blessings, blessed with the blessings of Deuteronomy chapter 28. The power of God and salvation, right? The just shall live by faith. This is how powerful, it's righteous. You know, righteousness needs to be talked about a lot more. Amen. And he says, I'm not ashamed of it. Oh, so beautiful. That's why we're studying righteousness. That's why we're talking about righteousness. Righteousness. And you know, how's your righteousness meter? Listen. We used to think, we used to hear that suffering, suffering brings us closer to God. Suffering brings, brings the character of God in, into and out, of, out from within, out into our lives. Suffering and pain, you know? Right, Lord? Some, I mean, that's, you know, sickness, chastisement. Sickness is chastisement. <clears throat> Judgment, you know, punishment. We have heard these teachings and similar ones over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. They are fixed in many a mind, in many a soul, and they cloud the word of God. So that's why Pastor Lenny keeps talking and talking and talking about righteousness and righteousness and righteousness and righteousness because we got to purge those souls and those minds. 3 John 2, I pray 
that you would be prosperous and in health according to how your soul prospers. Prosperity and health, all matters. You know, it's all related to how our soul prospers. In what way? Examining yourself and seeing and knowing and believing that you're righteous. This feelings, these feelings that suffering is, is, is how do you achieve the righteousness of God? Eh. Sickness is how God builds character in your lives. Eh. And whatever else you've heard. And you know, think about Moses. What would you, what would you characterize Moses as? A strong leader, right? Especially after they left Egypt, because he had all the confidence, you know? He had confidence. He, he had been, you know, conversing with God. He had been learning and growing in his understanding of who I am was. So his leadership skills were increasing. His leadership skills were increasing. Powerful, right? You think of Moses, a powerful man, leader, to lead millions, okay? But what did he say about himself? You got to be really humble to say this. Moses was humble. In fact, he was the most humble person, humblest of people, most humblest of persons that you can find on the, on the earth. He said that about himself. When you think about Jesus, he humbled himself, right? But yet he overturned the money changers' tables. He walked through crowds. He walked through the Sanhedrin, you know, during his ministry. He walked before Roman soldiers and Roman centurions. Humility doesn't mean weakness. So many times when, oh, I'm, you know, practicing humility because God wants me to, you know, to be humble. Doesn't mean to be walked on or stepped over. We have all these wrong, these, 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 these wrong pictures. <clears throat> You know, and so if you have those wrong pictures, you can't be, you, you, you can't be walking in true righteousness, you know, and, and, and understanding of your true righteousness. And if you have any kind, any kind whatsoever of guilt, shame, or condemnation, you are not walking in your righteousness. The enemy will always Always, and not only the enemy, the enemy's mindset, which was the old way, the old program, which we, we have to renew. The enemy and his mindset will always, always cause us to continue to think about what we did wrong, to think about, think about how we messed up, to think about how we screwed up, to think about how, how, how angry and upset God is at us. Do you know this is why the primary, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, primary clause of the new covenant, one of the primary clause of the new covenant, sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. See, God wants, if you're remembering it, it's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in true righteousness, true holiness, true righteousness, and make sure that needle doesn't go off righteousness 
doesn't vary off righteousness in any way, shape, or form onto condemnation, guilt, or shame. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this talk on righteousness. I hope it's uh, it's making sense. If you have any questions, you know, just ask, ask me, um, and, and we'll bring clarification. Know I love you, and I'm praying for each and every one of you. In fact, let's pray for Jessica. Let's continue to pray for Jessica. Just join with me, okay? Father, we thank you for Jessica. We thank you that she has is healed, and she is whole, and, and, and she is flour, flourishing, and with a long life, she is blessed, and she's going to watch Ariana dance at Ariana's wedding, and she's going to not only live a long life, but it's going to be a prosperous life, a prosperous life, a prosperous life. Father, we, we pray that in Jesus' name. We thank you that as she goes through the fire, as she passes through the fire, she will not be burned. She will be dancing in the fire because you, Jesus, will be dancing with her. We pray that, Lord. We pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray for Alveda. ALS is just a name. It's just a name and every name, right, bows to you. So we thank you and we pray for Alveda that ALS is gone. She gets out of that bed in Jesus' name. And I pray for Brett. I pray for Brett, what he's going through, Father, with his legs. We thank you that Jesus took them upon him and buried, buried, buried that pain, buried those legs, and was raised in newness of life, and Brett is raised in newness of life, with healed and whole and healthy and strong legs. And Father, I pray for anyone else, Lord, right now that needs a miracle to be manifested. I pray according to the power that's within them that it would be manifested. And I pray if, if, if any, any examining uncovers that their righteousness meeting, meet, meter is off, that they just know it's a simple correction, as simply as saying, thank you, Father, that you made him who knew no sin to be sin, that I might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Examine find their righteousness, and manifest their healing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Only reason why I started coughing, hon, is because I got so excited. I know. <clears throat> because I had a good night. I had a good night. You know that? Right. I had a good night. In fact, I had to make myself get up to get out of bed. It was 10 to 7. 32 minutes. Yeah.